Join Rowdy and Kyle every Monday and Thursday night for another episode of the Rowdy Magalite Show. Sponsored by On Tire Tailgate System. There are 16 spots in the playoffs and just one track left. Well, not just any track. Daytona. A last chance to keep playoff hopes alive and for fans to experience an event unlike any other. NASCAR Weekend at Daytona International Speedway, August 26th and 27th. Get your tickets now at DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com. Not at the track? The Hot Pass Racing Network puts you at the track with ARCA and all the major NASCAR series. From Daytona to the final checkered flag, the Hot Pass Racing Network is your inside pass. All right, everyone. I'd like to welcome you back to the Rowdy Maglite Show on Thursday edition. Uh, helping me tonight, always. I got Kyle Magnum all the way up there in PA. What's happening, Kyle? Hey, Rowdy. Uh, good to be back. Uh, working tonight, but I'm still doing the best I can. We have a great show planned for tonight. Um, we're going to talk about the aggressiveness of drivers in NASCAR lately, all three series, and also in the Arkham Menard series. So we got a lot to talk about, and we got a busy night coming up. Hey, let's. We're going to start off here in just a few minutes with her first time in the Arkham Menard series this weekend at at IRP. Mandy Chicks calling in, give us a, her experience and first time in the Arkham Menard series. And then we got. Uh, he's going to be at Michigan at MIS this weekend. Jeffrey Maczink. And uh, we're going to get the story about how he's preparing for the Ark Menard Series, which is the uh, Henry Ford Health 200, guys. Also, uh, Gus Dean will be back with us. Uh, Gus is no stranger to the show. Good to have Gus back on. Good to see Gus back up on big on, on the big, big super speedways. I call uh, Michigan a super speedway, guys. Uh, Dean's always good on fast tracks. Had a good start this year at Daytona. Uh, looking forward to having him back on. Kyle, that's the way we're going to roll, man, tonight. Also, before we get started, Kyle, we got uh, Austin Hill. You know, congratulations to him. Guys, uh, he's moving on. Got him a cup ride for for this upcoming race. And uh, looking forward to seeing what Austin can do in that the next gen. Which, Kyle, you know, we, we talked about it quite a bit, uh, that next gen. I think has uh, done exactly what they wanted it to do and beyond. Uh, we we got the parity that we so wanted, and uh, looks like we're going to get it. And uh, we're just right now waiting on Mandy to call in and uh, bring her up, and let's talk about her experience. And I think we're going to talk a little bit more with her on her future run for the rest of the season. I believe she's going to uh, the Milwaukee Mile. On. And uh, it's good to see Track Enterprise back at Milwaukee, guys. So we're headed to Michigan MIS. Not going to get to make this road, road trip. I'm, I'm, I'm out of commission for till hopefully Daytona is going to be when I can get back on the road. They're going to hopefully give me the clear clearance to go. So, uh, not bad. We're gonna have a ticket giveaway also on this uh, on the Daytona. So get your trivia book ready. 
we're going to probably do that. Also, guys, it's been a staple for eight years on Monday nights. We've been a Monday night forever for the eight years, and so it's Monday morning. So uh, we're going to bring in our first driver for today. Uh, I'd like to welcome Mandy Chick to the show. Welcome, Mandy. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Well, Mandy, we're glad to have you. You know, uh, just to have actually start off, you're a third-generation driver, family driver, and first female in your family. How does that work? Yes, sir, that is correct. So um, my family has a long-standing history in racing. My um, It started with my grandpa. He, he's been in the racing industry since he was a teenager, um, primarily built a lot of engines and um, did some road course stuff. He worked with a driver back in the day named Pat Naglin, um, and it was his best friend, and he crew chiefed a lot of cars for him. And then my dad got into racing when he was a teenager and actually drove. Um, and he was racing asphalt modified for a while, crew chiefed an asphalt late model team, and um, they owned an NASCAR truck team from, I think, 01 to 05, around that time frame. And then when they got out of the NASCAR trucks, that's when I got, um, that was about when I was five or six years old, and the rest is history. <laughs> well, th- they know how to get back in it. So your, your operation is pretty much a family affair. So what was your, can you remember the first time that you remember seeing an ARCA race where the, you knew ARCA was a series that you might be able to drive in? Because, I mean, you started racing young, right? Right. I started racing young. I drove my first race car when I was five years old at a little need for speed and instantly asked when I got off the track where mine was. <laughs> um, I think I just, I've grown up around, um, I've grown up around drivers like Harrison Burton, whose dad, you know, Jeff Burton was in NASCAR and, um, and Todd Gilliland, whose dad, David Gilliland was also in NASCAR. And so um, I've grown up around a lot of these uh, racers that have a lot of history and have done some really awesome things. And so I think, um, I think I saw my first ARCA race, hmm, I would guess about the age of five, but I've, I've been watching NASCAR since I was really, really little. Um, and I just knew I wanted to make that a career one day. And I've been working on that since I started racing. So that's always been a goal of mine. So what was it like to be able to uh, sit on the grid there at IP, uh, IPR, IRP, I'm sorry? For me, it was surreal because this all started becoming a, a re- reality of how feasible this was for our team um, end of last year. And so we put our late model program on hold about October of last year um, to work on switching over to an ARCA program. And there have been so many different things that go into an ARCA team that not many people realize. And so to be able to this past weekend sit on the grid and be ready for my first ARCA race, it was just surreal. It felt like all those pieces started coming together and I've been knee deep in it for, for months now and, and really even years dreaming about this day. And so it was, it was really just an incredible feeling and I'm so thankful for, my team and the awesome people around me. And I think those are all the things that were going through my head um, when I was sitting on the grid. I just, I was so thankful for all the awesome people around me. 
Well, I know it wasn't a finish that you wanted, but uh, Mandy, not a bad finish, 18th, because that was pretty much shaking down your car, was it not? I mean, your first time at at uh, IRP. That is correct. Yeah. So I have a lot of history at IRP in asphalt late models, but prior to starting the race on Friday, I had only had 20 minutes total of time in the car. Um, we didn't even get to do a test before this race. So to be able to, um, right out of the trailer, be able to run the lap times that we did in practice and really kind of get a feel for the car and get comfortable with it. Um, I feel like we did pretty decent. We actually didn't get to finish the race due to an unfortunate incident. Um, there was another driver that missed a shift on a start and stacked several of us up. So I feel like, um, in all, it was a great learning experience for us. Definitely it wasn't what we were hoping for out of the weekend, but we're keeping our head up. Um, we have a lot going on. We're excited to be racing at Milwaukee at the end of the month and continuing working towards a full schedule next year if possible. So, uh, yeah, full schedule. That's pretty awesome. Uh, did your rescue dog make it with you, uh, Libby, or she stay back and guard the shop? <laughs> um, <laughs> she guarded the shop for the weekend with our other bulldog, Lola. Um, but she's she's a rather new addition to the team as well. I think we we rescued her a week and a half ago, I believe. I'm a sucker for English bulldogs. So, and my son had oh, an uh, Eng, English bulldog that was low low. So, uh, all right, <laughs> Kyle. Hi, Kyle. Oh, hi. It's. Uh, Kyle here, uh, Mandy. Uh, my first question for you is, uh, why did you choose the Arkham Menard Series, and you know, what are you looking forward to the next couple of races when you run? Yeah, those are great questions. Um, for me, the Arkham Menard Series has a lot of history in racing. Obviously, um, it is a stair step to NASCAR right now, and it's actually one of the top four um, series. It's fourth in line in the NASCAR structure right under NASCAR truck. So it's definitely a great stepping stone, but I know that um, it's also a sweet spot for our team that I can see us racing in that series for many years to come. And I see that as a sustainable goal for us as well. And so I'm really looking forward to be able to um, build our program to last several years in this, in this series. And I'm, I'm really thankful for the people around me who have been able to help me with that and we're all putting all those pieces together a couple of races i'm looking forward to traveling to a few different tracks and really getting experience at a lot of these cool tracks that um that i have not had the pleasure yet of racing at but um i will do milwaukee at the end of the month and then we plan to do salem october 1st which i have extensive experience in in a late model and then we'll do Toledo, Ohio, October, I think, 8th weekend. Um, I believe it's October 8th or 9th. And that is a track that I haven't been to, but I've heard a lot about. And so I'm really looking forward to getting a lot of seat time. I'm loving the ARCA car. and really kind of building our way towards maybe making a Daytona test early next year um, to get our Super Speedway sign-off and, 
and really build towards bigger tracks next year, Kansas Speedway, Talladega, some of those types of tracks. My second question for you is, uh, did the track change at all dramatically at IRP throughout the day? I think throughout the day it stayed it stayed pretty – now, there are a lot of factors that play into that. I know that tracks do change a little bit, like my uh, minute details. But um, I think for me there were so many different moving parts with learning a, a new car and making some setup adjustments and only having 45 minutes total in practice to be able to switch that around. I don't know that I could give you a fit a fairly confident answer on whether the track changed much, um, but I don't know that it was anything noticeable. My last question is, what are you doing to prepare for the Milwaukee race? Yeah, so I am working full-time with Toyota Material Handling as a production engineering intern this summer, um, and I am set to finish that internship up end of next week. So that's taken up a lot of my time this summer and it's been a great experience but I'm excited to get back home um, so I can be working on the race car in the next few weeks as well so we are moving forward we're working on a few different changes um, some suspension changes we'll make some setup changes for Milwaukee and really um, start organizing different things in our trailer and our toolbox and all of that we're still fairly new to this series actually very new since we only have one race under our belts and so um, just kind of learning what we need as a team to operate in a weekend in a series like this so I'm excited to be learning these ARCA cars on on the technical side in the next few weeks and working hands-on with them that's something I'm really passionate about Um, and then personally I'll be hitting the gym pretty heavily and um, a week before the race I'll start drinking at least a packet of Pedialyte a day, if not more, and 120 ounces of water a day. So there's a lot of different moving pieces that go into a race weekend like that, but I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Mandy, what's it like, I mean, what's the difference in throwing that big old uh, ARCA car around from what you was used to racing? I mean, that that, that IRP's got to be a, a dramatic change in trying to race that heavy ARCA car. For sure. So that's a really interesting question, and I'm glad you asked that. Um, I'm used to the late models that are a lot lighter than the ARCA cars, and the ARCA cars have a lot more horsepower as well. So more power and more weight. Um, It's really easy to overdrive the entry of the turn, and I didn't realize how easy that was. And so that was a learning I feel like with my extensive knowledge at IRP, I was able to really gauge what those differences are and get a feel for how my driving style should change for an ARCA car. And um, I really I really like the feel of the ARCA car. I'm really enjoying it. But the main differences are that um, are the weight change and then the, the power for sure. You're going to love the series because, I mean, the ARCA Menard series is one big family and all the racers will give you the shirt off their back but when it comes green flag, it's it's fist up. And then after it's over, it's back to where we're at, brothers and sisters again. And, uh, Mandy, let's talk about the people that kind of helped you get to, this, to where you're at, because I know this wasn't no easy feat. No, you're correct. 
we are we're a small family owned team so i've got to i've got to first thank my parents who um allow me to do this and support me through everything and my my team who is made up of mostly volunteer members um i'm really thankful for them they're some of my closest uh family friends and and family members and all of that. But I'm also super thankful for our marketing partners who support me week in and week out as well. So we've got Fregola Performance Systems, FK Robbins, 323TV, Dynamic Driveline, Fabrications Unlimited, JRC Accounting, uh, Driven Racing Oils, and uh, Aero Race Wheels. And I, I cannot thank each of them enough for all they've done for my racing career. And tell everybody where they can follow your career this year and uh, keep up with you. Absolutely. So my website is mandychick.com, Mandy with a Y, and chick, C-H-I-C-K. And then you can also find me on Facebook. It's the athlete page if you just type in my name. And then Twitter and Instagram, my my social handle is at mandycoolchick. Mandy, we sure appreciate you stopping by and spending some time with us and looking forward to seeing you at the track. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time and for having me on this. Thank you, Mandy. Uh Uh-huh. Have a good night. Thanks, Mandy. There are 16 spots in the playoffs and just one track left. Well, not just any track. Daytona. A last chance to keep playoff hopes alive and for fans to experience an event unlike any other. NASCAR Weekend at Daytona International Speedway, August 26th and 27th. Get your tickets now at DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com. All right, Kyle. Hey, uh, Mandy's got Arca Menard Series. And I think, Kyle, we got our next caller, driver calling in. And I'd like to welcome to the show Jeff, Jeffrey McZeek. Welcome, Jeffrey. Thank you. How are you? Uh, Jeffrey, we're doing great. Doing great. So, uh, got got a big race this weekend at MIS. Yes, it is. Be a lot of fun. So, so Jeffrey, kind of... Tell us how you how you, how did you get racing fever? Uh, well, uh, it started a long time ago, probably when I was a little little kid, and my dad worked on cars, and uh, just we were just around it a lot, and uh, my dad took us to the local racetrack around here, Flat Rock Speedway, and uh, we were hooked. I mean, we just. I'd been happy just racing around Flat Rock Speedway my whole life at the time. I mean, I, I didn't care what I'd be driving. It could have been an old beater enduro-type car, but, you know, we didn't care. It was a race car. And, uh, yeah, just we uh, when I turned uh, 18 years old and got out of high school and everything, it was my first goal, you know, get out of high school, graduate. And then I went to work and saved every penny I got and bought my first race car and got some sponsors. And that was in 1998, and uh, actually went out my first uh, opening night and won my very first race uh, that I competed in. Wow, that's that, that definitely gives you the favor <laughs> there, did it? <laughs> yeah, and after that, that I knew I wasn't going back. <laughs> was was that at Flat Rock? Yep, Flat Rock Speedway. Um, and like I said, I, I 
like I said, ever since I was a little boy, there was, uh, it was my dad worked on race cars at the at the racetrack, uh, and sometimes the guys would bring the race cars over to our house and they'd just stay in the garage for a while. And my brother and I'd just be awesome, you know, in awe looking at these cars and stuff. Sometimes they were just chassis, were, you know, just bars that didn't look like anything, but you know, we were still, you know, just tickled to death to have them there. And, uh, yeah, like, so he would take us to the racetrack all the time. And then, uh, you know, of course we'd watch it on TV and there was a, a couple of drivers that really influenced uh, us. Uh, my favorite race car driver in NASCAR was always Bobby Allison and just his work ethic and the way he would, uh, work on the cars himself and drive them. I thought that was a neat thing. And then, uh, over here in, in Michigan, was a over here racing at Flower Speedway was a a driver named Joey Fair and he was one of the greatest short track racers that ever lived and uh, I'm glad to say that I actually got to know Joey uh, before he passed away where he knew who I was and stuff and he actually would mess with me and my brother uh, now and then so I thought that was the biggest thing so they a lot of people say don't ever want to meet your heroes you could be disappointed well I got to meet both my heroes in my lifetime and they did not disappoint. Jeffrey F. Kyle here. My first question for you is, uh, you've been in ARCA for a little bit. You made some, some frequent starts. Uh, you know, what's the difference been like between the steel body car and the composite body car? Uh, the downforce. Uh, downforce in the cars are a lot greater in, in this car. Um, you, I just, the cars, I, I personally can feel the car better with this body. It feels almost like I'm driving uh, one of my late models or, or a sportsman car. Uh, and then when now that we also switched to uh, we got out of the legacy engines, that was the other thing that was a big change for us from last or from the years before to last year, is we switched to the Ilmore engine, so our horsepower was different, and we were able to match horsepower with the the bigger teams and uh, uh, like I said, in the, in the car, now the bodies the way they are, you, you don't have the the advantage of some of the other teams would have. You know, with all the aero uh, stuff they were able to get away with. My second question is, um, what made you want to return to the Arkham Menard Series um, ninth last year in Michigan? Um, what what made you want to come and, and run the series again? Um, I, I mean, I I I always wanted to run it again. Uh, my brother is the one that uh is the one that uh, owns our stuff. And it wasn't that we just, like, gave up and we're like, okay, we're done. It was the fact that our cars and our engines and stuff were getting outdated. And uh, my brother didn't want to spend any more money on building SB2 engines because we had four of them break right in a row. And that really, really hurt us uh, financially-wise. And, you know, we were constantly trying to put motors together before these bodies would go, uh, you know, out of date. And finally, my brother just just made a decision and said, listen, you know, we're, we're putting too much money on these engines. I don't care if the bodies go outdated right now. Uh, I want to come back out, and I don't want to, uh, you know, be in the back of the in the pack anymore. I want to be able to have a good show for our sponsors, for the fans, and you know, that was the that's what took us a while. Was just trying to get everything switched over, you know, for the bodies and and, and the engines, and like I said, with the engines, of course, there's other you know components and stuff that you have to switch over. But um, like I said, it just it just took a lot of time. That's all. And but we're really pleased with the way everything is, and so we're just plugging away at getting everything else ready. My last question for you is: uh, What's your favorite memory of Michigan International Speedway? Uh, favorite memory? Well, last year was a pretty interesting one. I mean, 
we barely made it to the race because of just getting parts in time. But um, I have to say my one of my most fond memories is probably the very first time I went there as a little boy and just seeing how big that place was and seeing my heroes that I watched on TV for many years go around that place and just look out there and thinking, you know, that'd be cool to drive around this place once, you know, once in my lifetime. And, you know, it was, I probably think that would probably be one of my, my fondest memories. So Jeffrey, when you line up on the grid this coming weekend, you think about that little old boy that probably sat in that race car dreaming of that day. Oh yeah. Yep. And, and I'm thinking, you know, there's probably other kids out there in that grandstand doing the same exact thing. And, you know, it, it, that place is pretty magical really. when you look at it, I mean, uh, the, the track, when you get out there and, you know, you, when you're out there watching the race and then you get out in the car, it's totally different perspective. And to me, the track actually is, it feels a lot more flatter than I was expecting it to be. It, it's so wide and you have so much room there to, to maneuver around and stuff and try different lines. It, it's, it's a really fun race track to drive around. It, it looks like a fun racetrack to drive around. It, it's a loud track. I, that's a one of the tracks that you definitely have to have some kind of ear protection because it is just absolutely in the outside of the track. It's screaming when it comes into turn one. Now, I don't know what the new car sounds like at, at Michigan, but last year, those, those cars and ARCA. You know, I had a friend that was the uh, over-carburation at ARCA for a while, and mm-hmm. they was a driver. This has been about six, seven years ago. They went out for practice, and they clocked him at 217. Wow. And he asked, us, he says, why did you show all you, why did you show your cards all at one time? He goes, I had more acceleration. Yeah. That's how fast that track is, 217, and that come from straight from someone that would have definitely known. So, uh, Jeffrey, let's talk about the guys that help you get, that's going to help you get to the track this weekend. Mm-hmm. Well, we got some good sponsors on board this this weekend. Uh, we have Parkway Services, which has uh, been a long-time sponsor, even from the very first year I started racing back at Flat Rock Speedway. So they've stuck with me through thick and thin. And and uh, the other sponsor we have is Syncom per, uh, Performance Flooring. Uh, that's another uh, sponsor that we're carrying over from last year. And um, these guys have been great, and uh, we're really happy to have them at the track this weekend. And uh, hopefully we put on a good show and for, for everybody. Jeffrey, it's Kyle again. Uh, I just wanted to ask one quick follow-up. Uh, can you talk a little bit about Flat Rock Speedway? Um, you know, with it being such an ARCA-heavy ARCA track, and, you know, also with Toledo, you know, being the season finale this year. Yeah. Um, well, Flat Rock Speedway, is a, it's a really uh, tight boring. Uh, it'll make a driver out of someone. Uh, I was told <laughs> when I first started racing that uh, if you can figure out how to drive around Flat Rock Speedway, you can figure out how to drive any track. And um, and that was I think that came from Joe Ruppin, from what I remember. And uh, uh, actually, we're hoping that one day we'll, the Arca Series will return to Flat Rock Speedway. They, we used to watch them uh, race there when we were little kids, and we never would miss that race. That was always a good one, watching uh, Bill Venturini and uh, 
Bobby Bowser and naturally Bob Keselowski. And Tracy Leslie was another one that we used to finally watch because we watched him come up from the late model series there. So, I mean, it, we're, we're kind of hoping maybe one day they'll return there and uh, we can get race there too. Well, I'm just glad that they finish in the season at Toledo. I think that's yep. the best place. To, I, I like Kansas, but I think the championship should be decided at Toledo. I like that. It's a good. That's a, that's one of my favorite racetracks. Um, I raced there running sportsman cars and uh, tinkering out with my uh, outlaw late model there, and uh, that track is fast. And um, I mean, you can get in trouble or hurry there, but um, it, that track is a really neat uh, place to go around. And uh, we're planning on racing that last final uh, race there. We're planning on getting our short track uh, car together to go race there. Well, good. I'm looking forward to meeting you. That's that's definitely on the list to be the last. I, I want to be at the championship at Toledo. Oh, so, great. Uh, Jeffrey, where can they follow and keep up with you? Uh, oh, I'm on Facebook. We have a uh, a fan page uh, for Magazine Racing. You can follow me on that and we try to keep that updated. Jeffrey, I appreciate you coming and spending some time with us tonight. And good luck this weekend. Looking forward to seeing your results. All right. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thank you. There are 16 spots in the playoffs and just one track left. Well, not just any track. Daytona. A last chance to keep playoff hopes alive and for fans to experience an event unlike any other. NASCAR Weekend at Daytona International Speedway, August 26th and 27th. Get your tickets now at DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com. All right. I want to thank Mandy and Jeffrey for being part of the show this evening. And, guys, we're waiting on Gus Dane. Gus, isn't it correct, Kyle, that this is his third race this season? Like he's got. Couldn't go in that far. All right. <laughs> Rowdy, Gustin has run good for Venerating Motorsports this year. Yeah. Yes, he has. I've actually been in victory lane with Gus at Talladega, so I know he knows how to run the big track, Kyle. And short tracks, too. He has a winner. I think it was at Berlin, right? Or Elko, I mean, right? Well, we'll ask him. I, I think you're right. Because we, I think we had him on the show and we was talking about the, the uh, difference in the tracks. I, I didn't, while we're talking about Elko, I just want to tell 7K racers hello and uh, keep up keep up the racing, guys. Good luck this weekend, Teddy. And uh, Terry Burnham, keep them snacks rolling into the shop. <laughs> All right, we're, we're waiting on Gus, and, and hopefully one of one of my old partners racing. Friends is listening tonight, Cody McGall. I hope Cody, he, he used to drive the uh, famous number 28 Alabama Power for Fusion. I believe that's what it was. Rowdy, what are some headlines heading into Michigan this week? And Kyle, I, I tell you, hey, just to be 
in Brooklyn, if if you're going to the track, if if you don't go a little farther and go into Brooklyn, Michigan, and check out Brooklyn and hang out there just a little bit, because if you want anything from the store, you're going to have to go to Brooklyn, because it's a long ways the other way. But, uh, I, you know, Kyle, I've had a lot of great memories there. Father's Hey, Father's Day weekend in the suites upstairs, thanks to uh, Luke Williams and a, a couple of more Kent winners overlooking Father's Day weekend, overlooking Junior straight down in pit row. This was before the Rowdy Maglite media uh, deal happened, Kyle. This has been about eight, nine years ago. Another great memory at, at MIS. Was it, Batman, was it the Batman race? It was, and I got also, Kyle, I've I got the pleasure of being in victory lane with Greg Biffle when he won there. So I've had some pretty good memories. Walked and, and walked away with a seven hat and did the hat dance with him. Got to hang out with the team the whole time. It was an awesome, awesome weekend at MIS. Joe Gibbs Racing has won the last two ARCA races at Michigan with uh, Ty Gibbs and Riley Herbst. And uh, Toyota's won the last four in Michigan. So, uh, or excuse me, the last, yeah, the last four in Michigan. So, um, interesting to see if, they, you know, see a, a Chevrolet or a Ford break the streak. Uh, Cody Coughlin's returning to the series this weekend, um, along with Gus Dean uh, for Michigan. Um, his first start in, since 2015 in his own car, number 72 Ford. Um, Gus is back in the 15, um, two top fives so far this year for Venerini Motorsports, really fast. And uh, like you mentioned, he has those two wins, Talladega and Elko. So, um, you know, it's a big stage, Talladega, especially with the cup guys there. And, uh, yeah, Rowdy, I think you were there for that one as well. I was. Uh, Kyle, you know, we was talking about some big stuff going on. Uh, Austin Hill going to do his first cup race, man. I, that's that's pretty awesome. Actually, we'll get to play that here in a few minutes after we get Gus uh, on and, and done. We'll, we'll listen to that also before we close out the show tonight. And, uh, hey, you know, that's one of them guys that's kind of earned his way up, Kyle. I know he takes sponsored money, but he's raced his way on up. My mission is going to be busy Saturday. Uh, starts the day with Xfinity practice at 9.05, Xfinity qualifying at 9.35, and then uh, ARCA practice at 10.45, ARCA qualifying at 11.30, cup practice at 12.30, uh, cup practice at 1, cup qualifying at 1.20, and the Xfinity race is planned for 3.30, and then the ARCA race planned for 6.43 Eastern. Sunset is 8.50 in Michigan, so hopefully we'll get the whole race in, and um, that race averages about an hour, 15 minutes to an hour and a half. So that's kind of what a typical Michigan race is, at, is like. Uh, it, it, Kyle, and we talked about this, and I've actually been there. Sunset is like 9, 10. I mean, I've never been nowhere. <laughs> yeah, I'm not used to a 9 o'clock sunset. Yeah, it, it, it's quite different. I think it was the race in Indianapolis, the one year Casey came on. I think it was after 9 o'clock when the race ended. <laughs> Michigan's a great track. If you had never been, 
it's not a bad drive. I mean, it's really not a bad drive here, but I'm under doctor's warnings not to be out in the sun right now, and I'm just going to have to stay by that for a couple more weeks. I, 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 I'm, I'm about there, Kyle. I missed last week and this weekend, and, you know, I was, I, I was hoping to go to Pocono. I was hoping to go to Watkins Glen and also Michigan, but that just ain't going to happen. I think I've got I, – I asked him about Michigan, and he says, looking forward to hearing your story. <laughs> so I think he says I'm going to be all right unless something comes up. At, and it's not. We're good. So, uh, Kyle, what, what's happening in PA Dirt, man? Howdy. I've got some normal shows coming up. Uh, Williams Grove, Port Royal, nothing too crazy. Uh, Wednesday night, uh, the Action Track USA, Kutztown, PA – uh, Briggs Danner won the first uh, USAC East Coast Wingless Sprint feature. Uh, no surprise there at his home track. Um, you know, kind of the weather hasn't been that great today, but, uh, you know, they've been doing what we could with the weather. And then we have a Bloomsburg Fair Raceway for Fan Appreciation Night. $5 admission to get into the uh, track. Uh, USAC East Coast Wingless Sprints with the past 305 sprints. going to be a good show. Uh, Rowdy, the biggest one I have circled right now, at least for me, is uh, Saturday, August 20th at Port Royal Speedway, Open Madness 3, Open Wheel Madness 3, uh, with the 410 sprints, the past 305 sprint cars, and also uh, the USAC uh, East Coast Wingless Sprints. So I'm trying to get to that one. We'll see what happens, and uh, I'm going to try to make some arrangements. Maybe we can make that one happen. So uh, also free admission for military. So um, a lot of stuff going on, a lot of good stuff. Man, I'm telling you. Uh, hey, thank thank them for uh, thanking them. The, the vets, man, you know, not a, not a lot of people want to pay enough respect for somebody to go lay their life on the line for all of us to sleep comfortable at night, dude. That's uh, and, and you know that they, you know what, Kyle? I mean, that affects your dad after all. You know, it's been years since he's been in the military, but he still reaps the benefits of being in the military after all these years. Yeah, you know, free admission's not a bad thing. You know, Seals Grove, the July 23rd show, at free admission for military. And also, uh, we'll Port Royal on uh, Saturday, August 20th, so not too bad. So, we're waiting on... Kyle, we, we want to try... Uh, you want to play... Uh, start with Austin, and Gus may be tied up. We'll, we'll just hang around, and let's let's... Play our Austin tape, and we'll stop in there and come back when we, if he calls in. Gotcha. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Congratulations on the news that was made official here just about 30 minutes ago. So uh, before we go to questions, tell us a little bit about um, just kind of the news that came out and then just your excitement leading into the weekend. Yeah, I mean, um very excited to go racing the cup series finally finally get my first cup start better late than never right i'm 28 years old so getting a little bit later jump on this but uh very excited for rcr giving me the opportunity bennett united rentals you know all of our partners that that make this happen so really excited about it can't wait to get out there and just do what we can do our first goal is to just make all the laps and learn each and every lap throughout the race and try to take that going forward. 
All right. We will now get to questions for Austin. If you have one, raise your hand. We'll, we'll get to as many as we can in the time that we have. And to kick us off, we're going to go to Bob Potter. Go ahead, Bob. Yeah, Austin, was, Michigan, was there something about Michigan that made it the right place for you to make your debut, whether for you or for the organization? Yeah, it just it just kind of worked out that way. Um, you know, we to all of our partners and tried to figure out which race was going to be the best one to do. And we felt like Michigan was a, a good place for me to go run. It sort of fits my driving style, I feel like. And I've had success there in the past in the truck series. And, um, you know, hopefully I can kind of turn that around in the cup side. And, and you know, you want to make the most out of your first start. So we just figured Michigan would be a, a good one for us. And do you have get any sense of it, if you're going to be evaluated for future cup rides, whether you think you'll be evaluated on, like, your performance more this weekend in the cup car versus what you're doing in the Xfinity series? Uh, I mean, I'm sure that there's going to be an evaluation done to see how see how I do against all the cup regulars and, you know, where we stack up and things like that and, and how much we learn throughout the race. And, that, I mean, that's the biggest thing for me is just learning throughout the race weekend and figuring out things that the guys on the, the cup side are doing, you know, maybe differently than, than what we do on the Xfinity side that I can maybe take forward on, on the Xfinity side. So, I just, I honestly just think it's a, a good opportunity for me. I think it's something that I've wanted to do for a very long time, and it finally all came together. And RCR has been a big, big reason for that. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, our next question is going to go to Cameron Richardson. Go ahead, Cameron. Hey, Austin. What's the most important thing that you want to learn in your Cup debut? Yeah, I mean, that, that's a really good question. I, I think there's a lot of things that, that I can learn throughout the race. Um, you know, first and foremost, I'd say just how aggressive all the, the drivers are on the racetrack, you know, the moves that they make and, and how they create passes and, and create runs and things like that. I think there's going to be a, a different view of, of of what I've seen on the truck side and the Xfinity side, just how the cup, cup regulars approach, you know, make, making passes and creating momentum and creating speed and things like that. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be able to get out on the racetrack with, with guys like Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin, you know, Chase Elliott, you know, all those guys and, and just hopefully learn from them, see, see things that they're doing on the racetrack. I think that's going to be, a real good opportunity for me to see what SMT shows. And, you know, you can see your throttle trace, brake trace, uh, steering trace, all those different variables that you can see that you have at your disposal on the cup side. So I think that that's going to help me out a lot going forward in my career, being able to, to see all that data and be able to try to go out and, and put it forward. All right. Our next question will go to Claire B. Lane. Go ahead, Claire. Thank you. Austin, you were talking about you're sure you'll be evaluated as you, you know, take on this debut. But is that has that been spoken to you or is it just understood? Like, have you guys talked about anything or we're going to be watching you or do you feel like you just understand that? It's just something that I, 
I feel like anytime that someone gets the opportunity to run in the Cup Series, I feel like no matter who it is, I think that they're going to be evaluated. They're going to be viewed, you know, not just for, for the organization you're racing for, I think just for the whole garage. And they, they want to see what you can do on the Cup side. So I think that that's just an understanding that, that all of us drivers have is that you're going to be evaluated, you're going to be looked at, see what you can do against the cup regulars and, you know, try to minimize the mistakes the best you can. And, and like I said before, just just finish all the laps and, and see where you end up. And if that's 15th grade, if that's 30th, you know, grade two, we just need to go out there and, and run all the laps and learn as much as we can. Uh, that way, if I do get the opportunity to go again, take all that information in and retain all of it and, and put it forward, uh, going to the next one, if, if that opportunity presents, presents itself. It might be an unfair question to ask you, but how ready do you think you are for this, right? And um, obviously, you, you wouldn't say yes, or maybe some people would if they didn't think they were ready. You've done a lot of great racing. You know, how ready do you think you are? And how much do you even know when you're a young driver, when you get the opportunity, whether you're ready or not until you do it, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that all of us drivers have, have confidence in your in yourself. You always have confidence in yourself until, like, with your ability that you can go out there and, and compete and run up front and things like that. So I have a lot of confidence in myself, but until I get out there and see where I stack up, with, with all these cup regulars, I, I don't, you know, really know where I stack up yet, but um, just, just getting the opportunity is, is a blessing in itself. And I think, you know, I've been racing since I was six years old and I'm 28 years old now. I, I feel like it's time. I don't, I don't feel like it's something where I'm a 18 year old jumping into a cup car and, 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 you know, you're, you're a young, young kid. I, I feel like I'm, definitely more mature than most on that aspect of it. So hopefully the maturity level that I have can, can kind of take that forward onto the cup side. Really honest answer. Appreciate it. Good luck. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you. Yep. All right. Our next question will go to Matthias. Go ahead, Matthias. Hello, Austin. Uh, my questions are two. Uh, what knowing that you win in track series, in 2019 in Michigan, were, what are your expectations in the Xfinity and debut uh, in the Cup Series in Michigan? Yeah, so on the Xfinity side, my expectation is to go win the race, and I feel like we can we can do that. I, I feel like our you know mile and a half super speedway style package that we've been running has been pretty good. Um, you know, Michigan kind of races like a mile and a half with a little bit of grafting and things like that at times. So hopefully it kind of correlates to what we've been doing throughout the season and we can go out there and run up front. And, and I think we're going to have a shot at, at winning the race in Michigan and hopefully get our third win of the year on the extended side. The cup side, yeah, I mean, like I said, the, the only the only thing that I, that I look forward to is, is trying to make all the laps. I, it's, it's hard to put into perspective on, you know, yeah, I'd love to run inside the top 15. I'd love to run inside the top 20 or top 10 or whatever, but um, just making all the laps and learning each and every lap of the race is, is my goal going into the cup side. And, you know, whatever that finish entails, then I'm going to be happy with it. 
what balance uh, do you make in the Xfinity this season? Say that one more time. What balance, what balance do you make in the Xfinity this season? So the Xfinity series, I mean, I, you know, I, I've, it's been fun to run in the Xfinity series. I, I've had a blast just learning these cars. There's things I, I need to learn going forward still. Um, you know, there's been races here lately where we start off and we're, you know, maybe not the best we can be. And then by the end of the race, in stage three, we get better. And then it's for whatever reason, I don't know if it's something I'm doing with the car or something that, that we have going on setup-wise, but we, we seem to fall off on long runs here lately. Uh, same thing kind of applied on the on the road course this past weekend, actually. We, we got the car driving to where I liked it in stage three, drove all the way up to six, and then we just kind of fell off from there. And, and when it falls off, it falls off fast. And, you know, you go from having some speed and feeling like you're pretty good to all of a sudden you lose all that and you start getting really tight and, Um, the swing and the, and the chassis and everything changes a lot. So that's something that we've been working on throughout the season and trying to get better at. And I'm just, I'm enjoying the Xfinity series. I'm having a blast driving these cars. They're so much, so much more fun than, than on the truck side. What does it mean for you to run the car 33 or Richard Gideon Racing in NASCAR Cup? Yeah, I mean, uh, to, to be able to run in the Cup Series for Richard Childress Racing is, is huge for me and, and for my career. I think it's, it's something that if any driver was able to get the opportunity to, to go do this for their first Cup start, they would jump on it, you know, right away. So um, I'm very humble about it, very, very excited about it. And, you know, I, I just cannot wait to be on the racetrack and, and see what we can, we can do and, and see where we stack up. Thanks, Austin. Have a good, have a good weekend in Michigan. Appreciate it. All right. Our next question will go to Dustin. Go ahead, Dustin. Hey, Austin. I got two quick ones for you. Um, with Michigan, currently, is that just a one-off? That'll be the only one in the 33? Uh, yes. Yes. And then, kind of off Mateo's second question in the Xfinity Series, you're on a seven-race streak right now of top ten finishes. Uh, what improvements have you seen from Daytona to now? I, I think a lot of it, you know, me and, and the crew chief and the team just figuring each other out a little bit better and knowing what I need throughout the race. Uh, you know, I feel like even if we start off in left field and, and we start off where we're way off in stage one, by the end of the race, we feel like we can have a shot at it. So, That's what we've been doing. You know, you, you can sit back and, and look at all the stats uh, throughout the, the season and you can see where, you know, we might not have gotten very many stage points in stage one or two or maybe no stage points at all in stage one and two. And then next thing you know, you get into stage three and, and you have a shot at it and you start running inside the top ten. So we're just – we're running some clean races, just, you know, trying to miss all the wrecks, all the, the melee that happens throughout the race and just trying to be there at the end and, and have a shot at it. And that's what we've been doing. We, we just we need, to, we need to fire off a little bit better on the start of the race. And I think if we can fire off just a little bit better and not have to throw so much at it in stage one and two, uh, I think that that would give us a lot better chance of running inside the top five and getting another win. Awesome. Thanks for your time. Yeah, thank you.
our next question will go to Mike Hembry. Go ahead, Mike. Austin, uh, a longer race. Do you approach a longer race any differently? No, not really. I mean, I feel like with a longer race, you're able to work on the car that little bit longer, you know, get it that much better. And hopefully just it, it, it creates more uh, areas for mistakes. So you got to try to minimize the mistakes as best you can. But if something happens early in the race, you know that you have a long enough time to, to get back up there and compete. You know, when you go to these truck races or even some of the Xfinity races, they're so short that you have an issue kind of early in the race. It a lot of the times takes you out of the, the race. So I feel like on the tough side, you're, you're at least able to rebound. And if you are having issues at the start of the race, you can still salvage a good, good finish out of it. So I look forward to that uh, preparation as far as me physically, mentally, and all that is, is no different than how I approach uh, any other weekend on the Xfinity side with me running the double header. Obviously I'll, I'll be hit the hydration up a little bit more and things like that. But uh, I feel like going into this weekend, there's been a lot of simulator time and things like that that I've been preparing for and doing a lot of. So I'm just putting a lot of work into this and trying to make the most of it. Who's going to be the crew chief? So Jim Pullman will, will be our uh, crew chief and haven't, haven't worked with him before, but we've worked together a little bit in the, in the simulator these past couple of weeks and, and just bouncing ideas off each other, things I like and don't like and things like that. And, He's been obviously talking to my crew chief on the Xfinity side, Andy Street, about, you know, when I say X, Y, and Z, you know, how, how much freer do we need to, to loosen the car up or how much tighter do we need to go? That way, with us working together for the first such a, a you know, issue trying to figure each other out, learn each other, I think that it'll, it'll help having Andy uh, be able to kind of lean on each other and, and he can ask Andy some questions and things like that. Of, of if I'm saying a certain thing, what does that mean? And, and what do we need to do to the car to make it better? Thanks. Good luck. Thank you. All right. Claire, do you have another question? I'm good. Thank you. Thank no you. No problem. All right. Austin, that seems to be all the questions. Congratulations again on a great um you know, week and, and what we know will be a great weekend for you as well in Michigan. So thanks for spending time with us and to all the media who joined us, audio and video from this session will be available on nascarmedia.com. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate all it. All right. And everyone have a great Tuesday. All right. Uh, Austin Hill was first cup ride in the 33. Uh, Kyle, I liked his answer that even though it was a longer race, he had more time to work on the car to get the car right. And it's a one, it's a one deal, one time deal. And you never know how that can, can turn out. You roll in somewhere in a top five in a victory lane. Might have you a seat. So Kyle, yeah, Rowdy, uh, well, I don't think we're going to get Gus tonight. I think something came up. Neither was trying to get a hold of him, but uh, maybe we'll try to reschedule for another time. Uh, we can, Kyle. Uh, I've got Mark uh, Rushbrook from Ford, and this is uh, the part of, you know, Ford's and Michigan's in the track. MIS is in 
in the Ford country, man. It's Roush. Kyle, how far is Roush Engineering? I their shop from Michigan International. Not sure, but it's not far either. No, it's it's not far. I mean, it's. I'm surprised I hadn't been by there because a lot of folks try to make their trip there during the race weekend. But uh, let's let's play this, and uh, if Gus gets, I mean, it's uh, Thursday night, you know, get try to get ready to go to the race. It's a it's a busy week, and and sponsors and all. So uh, here we go with with Mark. All right, joining us this afternoon is the Global Director of Ford Performance Motorsports, Mr. Mark Rushbrook. Um, Mark, we've got a good group of uh, media on the call. Uh, if you've got a question, please uh, raise your hand or ask uh, in the chat, and I can ask your question if you're not able to, to speak uh, through your device. But, um, Mark, let me just kick it off. Obviously, Michigan this weekend, it's a big week for all the OEMs, but uh, Ford in particular, great success, seven straight wins on the cup side going into Sunday's race and uh, the winningest manufacturer in all time uh, at MIS. And just your thoughts on as you get ready for this weekend at Michigan. Yeah, well, every race weekend for NASCAR is a big weekend, um, but especially Michigan uh, as our home race, as a manufacturer with our, our employees, our families, our executives, uh, there's a lot of pressure on us to, to win every race, but especially here at Michigan and in front of all, all of those people. So um, it's important for our teams too. They know it as well. Uh, so looking forward to having everybody there and, and putting on a good race. And there are obviously a lot of things, ancillary things besides just the race itself. What other kinds of things do you guys have going on this weekend? Yeah, we, we have a lot of activities going on uh, with a lot of our team members coming out there, like I said, because they're there. Uh, we do a lot of, uh, special things like the Girls in Engineering Academy, which is a program that we've been putting on here in Dearborn uh, for, for that local academy to help introduce high school girls to engineering and the automotive industry and, and motorsports as part of that. So we'll actually have them out of the race as well and show them how we go racing as a manufacturer and, and let them see our, our tech trailer as well. And then obviously our activation out there with all of our vehicles on display and, and really engaging with all the, the fans as well. So a lot going on out there. And I also know there's some 20-year master techs from Motorcraft who are going to be honored throughout the weekend. And approximately over 270, they're actually going to be on the 21 car. So lots of good things going on this weekend. Yeah, I was just going to say that's been an important program uh, for our Ford customer services division and, and leveraging the, the Wood Brothers car, the, the company car, and um, taking advantage of recognizing those employees that, that are so important to who we are as a company and interfacing directly with our customers and the dealership. All right, well, we got them lined up here, so I'm just going to take them in order here. And uh, Lee Spencer, you're up on the top of my board, so why don't you kick us off? Appreciate your time. Um, Mark, I, I had asked uh, Fancit earlier last month to run this by you, but um, since I didn't hear back, I'm hoping to find out what you can tell me about GM poaching a couple of your simulation engineers from the R&D Center and just trying to get those positions refilled or other positions refilled you know, has it been difficult to get the drivers in and out of, of um, you know, getting time in the sim? 
no specific comments on employees moving. That, that does happen all the time in, in all directions between the manufacturers and, and teams, so uh, part of the business. Um, but with, we're, we're staff. We're open for business at our tech center with, with our simulator and our aero program and analytics and, and everything that happens there. So we've got a great team of employees, and uh, they're all working really hard to, to have performance on the track and bring home the race wins. I mean, for a long time, you guys had to have really ironclad contracts with crew chiefs, um, you know, pit crews. That for a while there, there were people taking other people's pit crews. With everybody now having R&D centers in Charlotte, are you kind of running across that same thing where you really have to, you know, tighten up the ship? Yeah, talent is maybe the most important thing in this sport, right? Because the cars don't go fast without the people to make them go fast. So that is important to us. Um, to recruit, attract the best employees that we can and to retain them. Thank you. Thank you, Lee. Let's go to Jim Utter. Go ahead, Jim. Hey, Mark. How are you doing? Good, Jim. How are you? Good. I apologize putting you on the spot for this first question, but I was wondering, is there any room at the Ford Cup Series Inn for someone like Kyle Busch and is he someone that you would be interested in seeing if you had one of your teams had the opportunity to get it? Yeah, we um, obviously drivers are, are super important. We're very happy with the lineup of teams that we have with the, the drivers that we have now and, and the plans within the teams and uh, no specific comment on Kyle at the moment. And uh, second question, uh, Lee had asked uh, Brad Kozlowski earlier today um, about the issues regarding the penalties that we've had this year for some of the teams uh, making alterations to, the, to parts. And he said he would actually like to see NASCAR start doling penalties out like candy uh, to prevent teams from uh, going down that path because he, he said it was sort of like a – that's a big expense, and they need, kind of need kind of left the impression that they need to be prevented from pursuing that area. I just wondered what your thoughts were on how NASCAR has been policing that aspect of the next-gen car so far. Honestly, it's hard to say because only NASCAR sees everything across all the different teams. But I do agree with the spirit of what the next-gen model is and, and how – the only way next gen can be successful in the sport is if the rules are enforced, that the teams use the common parts as they're built by the suppliers and delivered to their shops and put onto the race cars. Um, so that rule was put there for a reason. And for the model of next gen to work, NASCAR needs to enforce that rule to lay out the penalties when they're deserved. I don't know if it's like handing out candy because you give that to people whether they deserve it or not, but um, <laughs> penalties, uh, if somebody is modifying a part or putting something on that they shouldn't, then NASCAR needs to be handing out the penalties. And as consistently as possible, that's always hard to do, and there's always different magnitudes uh, of any violation, and, and they've got to be the ultimate judge and, and juror of, of what the appropriate penalty is within the, the rules as written. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jim. Let's go to Bob Pockris. Hey, Bob. 
Hey, Mark, uh, thanks for joining us. I'm curious, you know, at the start of the year, after NASCAR made the changes to the cars, they took everybody to the wind tunnel. It seemed like the Fords obviously had made some tweaks before the start of the year. Uh, how much did those have those tweaks impacted performance and impacted potentially some of the struggles the Ford teams have had? Um, yeah, I don't think our, our struggles that we've had this season uh, are related to that. The, the process, uh, that NASCAR has to submit your car and, and get inside the, the box for parity is, is a good, robust process. Um, certainly coming online with an all-new car and the need to revisit that just before the start of the season was the right thing to do for the sport. And uh, everybody's inside that box, and uh, we feel there's a, a parity, a, a an equal playing field for all three manufacturers to compete. And it's my understanding that team that – Manufacturers could uh, submit new noses for by August 1 for next year. I'm curious, were you guys able to do that? And if so, do you think, I guess the second part of the question is, do you feel like any improvements for that your organizations can make as a whole, are they reliant on any types of changes to the nose, or do you feel like you ha can make significant improvements through the rest of this year? Um, certainly, we will have changes for next year, but still within the box for, for parity. Okay, thank you, Bob. Uh, Dustin Long, NBC. Hey, Dustin. Hey, thank you. Uh, a couple things, three, two or three things, Mark. Um, in, in, in light of Kyle Busch, if a Ford team were interested in Kyle Busch, certainly one of the things that makes it a little bit unique from any other driver was he certainly has the, the, the truck operation. Is in, in is there an interest or or, or is there a way to incorporate the, that type of truck operation into the Ford camp if that if those talks if there were such talks that led to Kyle Busch in a Ford car is there an interest in that in that truck program or is that uh, it's breaking up a little bit for me I don't know if it was for everybody but. Maybe Dustin, the end of that question dropped off, but I think the question was around Kyle Busch and his. You want to answer it again? No, no I, I think just the end dropped off. But so let me answer it, I guess, and and just if you need to follow up, that's certainly fine. So, um, I guess how I would answer that is, any time we have an opportunity to improve our program, whether it is with drivers at a, a certain level in in NASCAR or or teams at all the levels in NASCAR, then that's certainly something that is our responsibility to consider and, and make decisions on how it makes our program better or, or doesn't. So certainly would consider all options. And just from a personal standpoint, would you want, would you want Kyle Busch? Uh, that, that's not for me to answer, <laughs> not from a personal perspective. Uh, what what do you see in terms of your, the, you reference the struggles this season? What, how do you assess the performance this year for group? Mark, I'll step in there. I think how how do you assess the performance? Because Kelly Crandall has a question similar. Is how do you assess the overall state of four performance right now in August uh, with four wins to this point? Yeah, four wins is not enough. It's not acceptable. Um, we need to get more wins. We need to have drivers further up the, the standings and 
and hopefully at least four, if not more, drivers into the playoffs. Certainly going to be hard with where we are with only only four regular season races left. So it's been a struggle with the new car, the new package, with getting our our head around it and and how to set it up properly, going to the track and, and optimizing it. And we've seen a a lot of success with speed at different tracks. Um, where we have understood it, but we still didn't, still didn't bring the win home. So a lot of work to do, uh, but that's racing. We always need to make all elements of the, the car better, the, the engine, the aerodynamics, the chassis, the setup, the tire model, our simulator model, and, and that's what we're working on. We have a, a lot of meetings and, and advancements with our teams to, to try to do better every week. And Kelly had a follow-up, and you, you kind of touched on this with it being a, a different track uh, specific, but but has there been one big struggle the Ford teams that everyone is trying to work out? Is it something that all the teams are having similar struggles in the same area? Um, honestly, no, it's it's been different. We've, we've had different strengths across different cars at the different tracks, and that's, I think, part of the struggle is this car is so sensitive that even when – one team is taking four cars or, or two cars to the same track with very small differences. You'll see one near the, the top of the board and, and two or three or four down, down the other end of the board. So that's part of it, just understanding how sensitive it is and making sure we can really find the, the optimum spot uh, for these cars to run. Again, if you've got a question for Mark, please raise your hand. Uh, Lee Spencer has a follow-up, Mark, so we'll go back to Lee. Mark, you made it sound like, you know, all areas really need improvement. I mean, have you specified just one? I mean, going back to my original question, um, you know, it appears that Hendrick Motorsports, or at least from their engineering or their engine department, um, you know, grabbed a guy from Roush Yates. So, I mean, you know, this kind of goes back to it being a, a constant struggle to keep you know, good people in place, but I'm just wondering, is it engine? Is it aero? Do you need more testing? We ask the drivers and the teams all the time, do you want to, do you want more practice? Do you want to test more? And there's that balance of, of cost versus what your rewards are from that. And just kind of looking at your assessment. Yeah, honestly, as I, as I just said it for the last question, it's, we've got to get better in all areas because if you're, equal in every area you're exactly that you're only equal in every area so we want to have the best engine the best arrow which means the least drag the most downforce um the best chassis setup which means really understanding the the tire model and how to optimize ride head ride heights and and all the settings in the suspension so it's racing. We've got to advance all of those to be the best in every area because the competition is so close. And if you're off in just one area, um, then you're not going to win the race. And again, as we go to different tracks, whether it's a super speedway versus a road course, there are different strengths and weaknesses because of the different engine packages um, and the different setup required on the car. And I mean, you've seen with this new car, um, you know, some of the things we've seen, like a Michael McDowell um, and a Chris Buescher emerge where before, you know, it might have been a Blaney year. It might have been a Harvick year. Um, you know, Logano's been wishy-washy. It's, you know, it has, if the car's done one thing, has it been interesting to see some guys that you thought have potential finally break through? It, 
I think it's been great for the sport. Um, as a fan, it's been some of the best racing we've, we've ever had. Um, because of the excitement, you don't know who's going to be at the front as you go to every race weekend. So I, I think that's been really, really good. But the cars are so much closer, and with change comes opportunity and great drivers that maybe didn't have the right opportunity with the old car. This plays into their wheelhouse, and they've got a great opportunity with this car. So it, it, I think it's, again, good for the sport to have different teams, different drivers at the front. Thank you. All right, Lee, let's go back to Bob. Go ahead, Bob. Yeah, Mark, I mean, I'm sure you know the history of the sport. Like if the Fords were running kind of this way 10 or 15 years ago, there'd be, you know, pounding on the NASCAR hauler, right? Give, uh, we need, you know, this uh, concession or that this needs to change mid-season. I'm curious, uh, do you still have those type of discussions or is that just not part of the culture anymore? And, or do you just not feel like, you, you need those discussions because you have confidence in what the wind tunnel numbers say. And if you make a few tweaks on what you can do, that you'll be running uh, overall more competitive. Yeah, there's, in my opinion, the, the pounding on the hauler isn't the right way to go about it because the, the sport has changed. The, the rules are the rules and everybody's got to race within those rules. Um, so we just need to optimize within those rules like all the teams are. Thanks. All right. Uh, I'll make one last uh, call. Anybody got one last question for Mark? Going twice. Dustin Long comes in under the wire. You get the last question. Go ahead. Sorry, but Hey, Mark, I don't think we've heard from you, but obviously with NASCAR, um, going to Chicago thoughts about that in a year where they're um, you know, they've certainly added LA more presence in LA and what more you might like to see or might help you guys in the future in terms of markets. Yeah, I think it's fantastic, right? What NASCAR did with uh, the clash and the LA Coliseum was a great experiment with, with a great positive result. And that's what the sport needs is experimentation, trying different things. Some will work, some won't, and that's okay but certainly the clash in the Coliseum did. And again, to see NASCAR now going to a NASCAR street course is I think fantastic. It's a great market. It's an important market for us. We've got a, a plant there in Chicago um, and a lot of fans and, and customers in Chicago. So I think it's a great market to be in. And again, a very different race uh, that will be great for the fans there in person and great for the, the fans watching on the television as well or, or following it online. So we encourage NASCAR to keep doing that kind of experimentation, trying different things, new things, smart things, not just trying different things to try them, but in a smart way. And I think they are. And I think that needs to continue. Um, things like the all-star race, I think some improvements can be there can be made there as well in terms of the, the format and how to make it a real all-star race again. Um, but they're open to that. They're discussing that. So um, we're really encouraged with what we see and, and just ask for it to continue. How can an event like the all-star race, like you mentioned, impact you guys and, and, and what more can be done? I mean, look, you've been around, I mean, that, that thing's been changed so many different times and, and changed venues. I mean, what more is there left? Um. I, I don't know. That's, that's part of the discussion. That, and it can be, again, taking some ideas, right? And these are just my ideas. Um, take it to a different market, just like we are 
like just like we did with the clash, some were very different. Because right now, um, or in recent history, the All-Star is in many ways very similar to any other NASCAR weekend, other than it's fewer drivers in the feature race and different stage lengths, um, different qualifying formats, stuff like that. And while that's interesting and entertaining, um, is it really different enough? So if we can go to a different track, if we can um, bring in different ideas, uh, bring in a former champion that's retired to come in and mix it up with the, the current drivers. And there's good things about doing that, and there's some bad things about doing that. But um, that's what I think people are talking about, what can be done, what will work. Um, and I'm sure that the sport will come to something and, and see, some, see some changes there soon. Another thing uh, is obviously you're in it to sell cars and um, you know, there's certainly been some challenges in, in, in getting cars and, and the backlogs and things like that with, with NASCAR certainly showing some improved ratings and, and some signs of, of some growth. Is that really much of an impact that you guys are seeing at this point, or is it something that's going to have to be kind of spread a little bit further on down the road as, as things become even better for for your company and, and just the, the market in general? Yeah, well, like you said, we're selling every single car and truck that we can make right now, uh, partly because of the supply chain issues that, that everybody is struggling with in this industry and other industries. Um, but that doesn't mean we stop racing because we don't literally race on Sunday, sell on the very next Monday. We, Through racing, we, we connect in a very emotional, passionate way with our customers, with our fans, and and we're a brand that's that's top of mind for them and something that they believe in. And when they buy a new car or truck a year from now or five years from now, we want them to, to buy a Ford. And hopefully by then the supply chain issues are behind us and we're cranking out at full capacity. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's important to be in this sport, con- continue that um, connection with our fans, with our customers, and keep them in Ford's lifelong um, whether it's a Mustang or an F-150, whether it's a combustion engine or an electric motor, um, it's important to be connected with them as a brand and uh, go through go through the journey with them. All right, Kyle. Man, that's, that's pretty interesting uh, interview there. Kyle, uh, his outlook was, hey, if you're altering the parts, throw the book at you. I, and he's right. If this is all going to work, they've got to quit altering the parts but that it's all about racing trying to figure out how to get just that much more speed Kyle yeah still a lot of season left and uh hopefully we'll get Gus rescheduled here for another time uh it was nice to have uh Mandy Chick and uh, Jeffrey Maxink calling in tonight. Uh, you know, we got one from IRP, one from Michigan. Um, interested to see how the race is going to play out. Um, I think Corey Heim is the favorite for the race Saturday evening. I think Brett Holmes is going to run good. He was second to Riley Herbst in August of 2020. Uh, Joe Gibbs Racing has won the last two there. Toyota's won the last four ARCA races there. Uh, you know, Chevrolet was the last non-Toyota winner there with Brandon Jones and to 2017. And by the way, Rowdy, uh, Jeff Purvis won three in a row there from 93 to 95. And, uh, you know, that, that record still stands today, three in a row. And uh, been nice. You know, it's a good, you know, good for Phoenix racing. And 
Um, you know, uh, Sammy Smith pulling double duty for Kyle Busch Motorsports and Joe Gibbs Racing. Augustine, uh, as we talked back in the 15 Preventer Ring Motorsports, two top fives this year. And uh, we'll have to see uh, what else happens with the other Venerini cars. And uh, we have Scott Melton back. And uh, I'm trying to think who else I missed for Audi. Cody Coughlin, I think I mentioned earlier. Uh, he's coming back. His first start in seven years. So uh, there's a lot of, a lot of interesting stories in that race for Audi. Rajah Caruso leading the points over Nick Sanchez. And uh, Daniel Dye's about not far, not much further behind. It's looking like a three-driver race right now for the title. Rowdy, you there? I am, Kyle. I'm sorry. I, I've, I was saying, I said, I don't see Rev, Rev Racing is on top of their game this year. And uh, they got a lot of talent coming in behind Rajah and Nick Sanchez. So they got a lot, a lot of good things going. And then you see uh, Mandy Kick. And her family getting involved, and, and she sounds like they're ready to be involved in this a while, Kyle. So, I, you know, slowly the car counts are coming back. It, Kyle, I think this weekend is going to probably be one of the best ARCA races of the year. I hope you're right, Rowdy. It's big, you know. Uh, it's also, uh, you know, it's a D-shaped oval like California Auto Club. And uh, like I said, Toyota's won the last four there. Then Chevrolet won three in a row. So uh, it's pretty good. You know, everything's been good for Toyota. And, uh, you know, it's been pretty good. So, uh, so how's it, you know, so that that's kind of how it's been lately, Rowdy. Uh, I know the champs normally like to win this race, too. Uh, you know, Ty Gibbs, you know, winning the championship last year, Michigan being one of his ten wins. Uh you know, this race has, been, has produced the champion. So, uh, you know, Tim Steele back in the 90s. So, uh, you know, it's Blaze Alexander got his last win there, July of 2001. So there's a lot of stories, Rowdy. I think I think the most memorable race for me there was probably the 2006 Hans Group 200, you know, when they still ran twice uh, uh, at Michigan, the ARCA racing, or the ARCA rematch series at the time. Yeah. Bernie Lamar basically had it in the bag with two laps to go, and the tire went, and then uh, – T.J. Bell and Frank Kimmel got together. Brent Sherman, got the pole sitter, got the lead and held on for the victory. So that, that's the most one I, I remember to this day. Well, Kyle, what you got to wind us up tonight, man? Well, Rowdy, I'll be keeping an eye on the Michigan Archer race, uh, the Henry Ford Health 200, live on Mav TV and also on radio on, on Motor Racing Network. Uh, hopefully we get the whole race in. Like I said, Green Fly is scheduled for 6.43 p.m. Eastern. Sunset is... 8.50 p.m. Eastern, so hopefully we get the whole race in. Uh, I'm not sure. Like I said, I like Corey Heim. I think he's the early favorite. I think Rajah Karut's going to be good. I think Rev Racing's going to be good as well. Um, you know, we could see Rajah Karut finally get his first one. I think it's coming soon. So um, we've got an interesting schedule coming up, Michigan. And then uh, I know we'll be at Watkins Glen in a few weeks, also along with Springfield. So uh, kind of a diverse schedule, uh, kind of what's going on the NASCAR Cup Series. Uh, making their only trip to Michigan this year, and also the NASCAR Xfinity Series, uh, being with the doubleheader with the Arkham Menards Series. So uh, Saturday, I mean, that's the day if you're looking to go, that's the day to go. 
on track activity for about 12 hours, so you probably want to hit that up. Uh, Kyle, that, that, you got to get there early. That, that's the key. Get there early. Hey, I want to thank Mandy Chick for calling in, and uh, also Jeffrey McZachary, and hopefully uh, Kyle. We should try to get Gus on maybe next week after the race. And Kyle, you hit the high points, man. Until Monday night. You did a good job. Absolutely. Absolutely. Monday morning. Be 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 ready for Monday morning. That's correct. Monday morning. Monday morning roundup. Nine o'clock Central Time, ten Eastern. Ryan Blaney win on Sunday. Stands a good chance, Kyle. Keep his fenders on. Appreciate it, Kyle. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.